I'm a producer and creator located in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and you are once again joining me on AP Studio Files. AP Studio Files! If you're joining us for the first time, please check out Season 1 and 2 with featured artists such as our fantastic technical producer, Artie Kapischke. If you're an old-timer, welcome back. Excited to introduce you to Season 3, Episode 3, featuring someone I hope will become a new face around Apartment Party. Give us a follow at AP Studio BK on Instagram and TikTok for more updates. And if you can, support our Patreon in order to listen to our monthly mini-episodes. Christopher B. Williams II, who goes by the pseudonym Park Angel, joins us in the studio today. As someone who has grown up all across the country, his ability to create connections with other creatives is a huge strength. Some highlights recently have been self-releasing his single slash video, Superstar, which debuted at Ludlow House as part of their mentorship programs. The upcoming release of a short film he starred in, directed by Diego Martinez Chacon, and he joins us fresh off a shoot with Atlanta dream player Nas Hillman. Welcome! Thank you for having me. Of course! <laughs> We're kind of going with your pseudonym. Okay, cool. So, going forward, you are Park Angel on yes. this episode. I love that. Well, welcome. Welcome to AP Studio, and also welcome to New York, as mm. uh, still in your beginning year of yeah. being in New York. Yeah, it's very new to me, but I'm getting used to it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. I do feel, and I've spoken to several people about this recently, that your first like two years are really figuring it out. How do you feel in terms of like your adjustment? Well, I guess as you could see from my questionnaire, I have moved around a lot. So in terms of adjusting, I get adjusted to places pretty quickly. Yeah. I guess it's like this situation is different because I kind of came here on my own and usually mm. I move like for school or like I get put into a school like high school or something like that. So it's like forced meeting people, but here I have to kind of go out on my own and do it. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a slower process, I'd say. I think it's also just a slower process, like as an adult in general, yeah. making friends. Yeah. Like, how have you found the people of New York to be? I mean, I actually re-met a lot of people when I came up here. Oh, it's perfect. So it's been pretty natural in that sense, but like, I guess as far as meeting new people, it's usually through those friends. So. I guess I got a pretty good situation. At least I didn't come up here and like really not know anyone. <laughs> and I also feel like you, like you said, moving around so much kind of is in that makes you an ideal candidate for New York. Yeah, yeah, it does. I actually was thinking about the fact that I feel like New York is kind of, I don't know if this is on topic, but New York is kind of a perfect place for an introvert because it's like you can really hide in plain sight. Mm. Whereas before I felt like it was a very social city, which it is, but it's like so much is happening. You could kind of be like yeah. the there was a recent article or maybe it's a tiktok because sometimes <laughs> i'll say it's an article and it's a tiktok that talking about the loneliness of togetherness mm. and like oh. new york really has that yeah because it's like everybody's together so it's like almost uh, i don't know the loneliness stands out maybe mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay. i mean I love to do stuff alone in this mm -hmm. city because you can be out, be seen, yeah. but still just be in your own head. Be yeah, in your own headphones in. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So kind of you alluded to this earlier, but this kind of constant moving around and just birth in Akron, Ohio, moved to Cleveland, Ohio, Arizona, Dallas, shout out. Mm -hmm. And then college was Atlanta, Los Angeles, and Ann Arbor. Yeah. Michigan. Okay, yeah. interesting. And then like post-college, you were in Atlanta and then no. now in Brooklyn. Yep. And Bed-Stuy. So kind of speak to that. Was that mostly like 
family job oriented like that kind of was motivating these moves as a kid yeah i think at first when we lived in ohio i feel like my parents just wanted to leave ohio because i mean ohio's great and everything but it, i don't there's not really much to do there what kind of work do your parents do my dad he's business like marketing or something like that mm -hmm. i think he works for like a japanese garage door company oh damn yeah yeah very niche and then my very mom niche. she used to be a criminal defense lawyer Whoa. in ohio so i used to go to court with her and the jails and everything Whoa. And i don't know i was very not into crime but like i don't know i would know a lot about it i guess from that interesting yeah and then your original crime girl yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and so yeah i remember I, that was what i would do when i was younger go just go to court with her a lot but then now she works in like a document review or something okay still law so you guys were moving around ohio a couple times but not much to do there so yeah that prompted some change yeah we moved down to arizona and then i guess we ended up in texas after that we only lived in arizona for about a year okay and then i actually got homeschooled in arizona too oh wow yeah, yeah. yeah i was homeschooled in dallas yeah. okay cool how was that experience as like an introvert kid? I kind of liked it. You know, I, that was my first time having my own room because I have like five younger siblings. Ooh. They weren't all born at that point, but mm. I don't know. I had some of them. And, some of yeah, and, and a few of them. Yeah, a couple of them were there. And that was my first time having my own room. And then I was homeschooled. So I set up my room like an office. And I was just in there. And I, you know, and I'd be like, make sure everything was clean. I'd make everybody like put on house shoes when they walked in my room. That yeah, is yeah. fucking adorable. Yeah, yeah. so it was, oh a, it was a nice experience, but the homeschooling was like probably only a couple months. Yeah. Yeah, but it seems like way longer in like childhood perspective. Oh, child years yeah. are forever. Yeah. I'm like, this episode will be out in November, and I just can't believe that it's already the end of 2022 yeah it's it, fucked up time goes way faster now. yeah it definitely does so i can imagine like those sort of places at that age like you were saying childhood years are longer were maybe more informative on you like so ohio to arizona to texas where did you go to high school i started high school in plano texas okay ninth grade Plano West? At, that was the school that it would feed into. It was okay. Jasper High School. Oh, okay. So I went there all of ninth grade, and then we moved to Coppell, Texas. And gotcha. then I, I, I didn't actually go to Coppell High School. I went to like a smaller high school called New Tech High School, and it was like very easy. <laughs> it, I just remember like it was a project-based learning school, so like we didn't really do any tests. We did a lot of projects. Interesting. And so it was very social. We got MacBooks, I remember. Oh, and that's, that were cool. Yeah, and I remember that was like when I first learned how to use like Premiere Pro and like things like that in Photoshop because they gave it to us on our computers. Oh. So it was kind of like a catalyst for a lot of things that I do now, actually. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, that's awesome. So this is like high school years. That's huge. Yeah, it was nice because I got like more skill. I don't know, the school part was like, I guess I don't really care about that part now, but right. I didn't even realize that the Photoshop and Premiere Pro, that exposure was that unique in the moment. And I feel like just learning those things at that age is so mm -hmm. much easier. Because yeah. if you have kind of a basis for the programming, yeah. you can really look at any of those programs yeah. and kind of intuit them. Yeah, that's kind of how it's been. Because like, I don't even think I went back to Premiere Pro or anything until like a couple of years ago. So there was a gap. Mm. But it was like just re-going into it. Like I already knew like right. 
what to do, what to look up. Like, I, I always say, like, if you know what to Google, then you know how to use something. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it, it was kind of, I was already at that Google stage. I'm like fully a member of YouTube University. <laughs> yeah. Like, if yeah. I need to know anything, I will look it up on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, there's some dad who's willing to teach me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So as long as they like have a nice screen share or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's so interesting. When for you did music and maybe like, creativity in general because I know you have several avenues of creative endeavors when did that for you become like a standout a standout yeah exactly. um well I guess like I wrote that I played viola from age four and Whoa. then yeah that I, is a big instrument yeah, for a yeah. four-year-old <laughs> yeah I actually wanted to play cello but they took me around like to show me all the instruments when I was four and so at the end of the tour they were like oh which instrument do you want to play I didn't remember the name of cello, so I said viola. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, yeah, and then that's how I ended up playing viola. I wanted to play cello because you get to sit down. Mm. But yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then I think I ended up playing viola till I was 12. And then I stopped because one, we were moving. So I was leaving my teacher. Oh, and then you. also it hurt my chin. And I was never got over the fact that I couldn't sit down and play it. So I think, I think, yeah, I think I was bitter about it, but I think I still would remember how to play. But the original question was, so that was kind of your first exposure to music in general. So did you learn how to read sheet music and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I like viola has its own clef. So it was like kind of interesting because, you know, in school when you play like recorder Mm -hmm. and all that stuff, we would learn like treble and bass, but it was like, those were I'd say the standard ones. Right. But I also knew the viola clef. So I don't know. I felt so it's kind of in its own like yeah, genre. Yeah. When you're reading sheet music. I don't know if any other instruments do the same clef. I don't know. Maybe that's a research thing. Yeah. <laughs> the violin uses the G or treble clef. But the viola is pitched a fifth lower than the violin and uses the alto or viola clef. It's also called the C clef because C is in the center of the pentagram, the five lines that sheet music is written on. The symbol for C clef looks like a very fancy uppercase B, but it's based on a historic curly Italian handwriting style. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like cool going into school and I was like, oh, I already know this clef. So this one, these ones should be. Yeah, nice. these ones, knock yeah. it out of the, knock yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah. So that's such a young age to start. And I feel like I've spoken to several people, like Koa comes to mind from our second season who like started playing guitar when he was like six or something. Mm -hmm. Your brain is so malleable. So was this kind of directed by your parents? Yeah, I think my mom, really my parents put me in everything. Nice. Like I've done like almost every activity that a kid could do. I, I Soccer, used, yeah, basketball. Yeah, all literally guys. everything. I took golf lessons. I remember I used wow. to walk up to it. I, I went golfing recently with people who'd never golfed before, and I didn't realize that not everybody knows how to golf, <laughs> which is like, I guess that makes sense. But I just... It I, is, <laughs> I think people kind of think about it like baseball, yeah. and it is different than yeah. hitting a bat. Yeah, it definitely is. It, it's like a big form type of thing. I don't know, but... Yeah, I don't know. That's how I got into music is just like my parents put me in everything. But music was like standout because it was arts versus sports. Mm. I think my family's like really big on sports, especially now because I don't know, I'm like five foot nine, but all my siblings are six feet above all the my oh, younger wow. siblings. So they're all like big sports kids and stuff. They still play instruments, but. That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds like pretty well-rounded too, which yeah. is nice. I always appreciate, and I know I've spoken to this before, but I always appreciate people who have kind of a 
background in a lot of different things because yeah. I think it just does make you a more well-rounded or more yeah. understanding person yeah too. And you almost see how like everything is connected like in mm -hmm. a sense because you know a little bit about everything yeah yeah i feel like when i was moving into more acting with acting and i know you've done some acting as well mm. we'll get to that a little bit later but you're weirdly cast in a role and then you have to figure out oh that character is a doctor so you mm, need yeah. to do some research and know some basic shit about mm. you know and you come up with this like weird catalog of things yeah. that you know about yeah randomly. exactly <laughs> and then that's how you create the character in the sense <laughs> yeah. yeah i actually like that's one of the reasons i like acting is because i mean with moving around like i feel like i've seen so many different faces of people yeah it's like i almost can embody that in like whatever situation i need to so i don't know that kind of brings me to one of my next questions which is what home out of those spaces which one directed you most as an artist like i know mm. we kind of missed over that you then went to school in atlanta but so which space that you've inhabited lends itself most to inspiration for your art now i guess that's a good question i'd say i guess to fully answer your question from before mm -hmm. my music journey like in terms of creative like wanting to do stuff and like writing. almost against the grain yeah writing mm -hmm. my own things it started sort of in like middle school high school wow. like with middle school like i don't know i used to get on the phone with my friends at night like i don't know if y'all ever had like group calls like we merge and everybody's oh, yeah. on and we would like do like freestyle raps and stuff what and over the, phone yeah we would do that in the summer i don't know i didn't really go like over to my friends houses that much so i'd just be in my room at night we do that in like prank calls and, <laughs> and so and then like cool. in high school there was a rap group that i wanted to like hang out with but I was friends with them, but I don't know. I had my own friends, so mm -hmm. and they didn't do music, so I just like would listen to the other people's music. And then when I got to Atlanta, that's when I finally met a friend who was willing to, you know, collaborate. Yeah, collaborate, mm -hmm. and he kind of helped get me into, I don't know, the tools almost that you use for that, and like the way to go about it, and things like that. Was this friend more on like the producing side, like beat making, that kind of stuff? Like, is that where you kind of first resonated with um, that creative voice? No, actually, he didn't do any music either. Like, we actually like just both like freestyling together. Oh, nice. Like, but I kind of was just like, oh, we should make a rap group, and then we did, and then we had some friends who were like taking it as a joke. So our <laughs> ultimate goal was to do a concert at their school. Oh, and, hell yeah. and then we did a concert there and we sold it out and then that was kind of like our the end of our group oh my god <laughs> you're like well mission yeah. accomplished yeah like we were it was like and their school was in another state too so it was like kind of a big i think i wrote about that in yeah you did yeah, yeah you did it was uh texas a&m oh texas a&m yeah, yeah you did write to that yeah. yeah we flew down there and then we just put a concert on at college school. station yeah. 2017 <laughs> yeah. shout out it was actually uh, i was thinking about it and it was five years ago today that concert whoa yeah it's kind of funny i love that yeah oh weird yeah so your life has changed a lot in that time yeah definitely so you were based in dallas at that point or you're based in atlanta i was time? in atlanta okay in cool. that point and then and that... then you had friends at college station yeah dallas connection yeah, yeah that makes sense i mean it's a fun place to go yeah and hang out yeah it was, it was <laughs> definitely cool <laughs> especially since it was like out of state so like leaving atlanta and school there like felt yeah. cool being like oh no i'm not i can't hang out this weekend sorry yeah uh, my i have a concert yeah we're, we're in texas we're in texas this weekend yeah feel free to come out <laughs> <laughs> did you perform a lot in college um we only did like three or four performances okay but most of them we like put together ourselves so in that respect it was That's huge. yeah it was like i was learning a lot of things yeah and, and now i do a lot of like production things as well 
was so it's say. like helped me to just figure out how to organize like creative events I guess I think I was speaking about this with a couple of different people recently but this ability to be creative organize mm-hmm. plan like you kind of have to have all those skills now yeah. so like it sounds like you were really getting that kind of skills yeah yeah Yeah. i didn't even like realize that was what was happening but Mm -hmm. it's like it's almost like the golf thing it's like oh (laughs) i guess i do know how to do yeah you have the base knowledge for it so you can kind of go forward yeah i feel like i hate that you have to be like your own producer and and manager and social media manager and all these kind of things it's Mm -hmm. intense it's a lot to take on but then also have the vulnerability to present your own work yeah it's almost like you forget about that part (laughs) right right you're like well that's kind of like the last thing i can think of oh man so when you were working as this group were you recording stuff or was it mostly just like um yeah we recorded a lot of stuff like we didn't record like any music videos or anything Mm -hmm. but I think we made like 20 songs in one semester Whoa. which was like i don't know i can't now i make like one song every like six months or something <laughs> like, i feel like that's yeah. a lot more yeah common. it was like we would just be like in our apartment we lived together and we'd just like oh that's all we do we just make music and it was like a pretty good time it just felt very fast moving and like it was exactly what i wanted in that period of time right because i'd never really gotten to seriously do something creative so it was like was your major creative as well or i guess you could consider it that so my major in school was at that time i was majoring in physics okay actually so that's not so you're using like both sides of the brain yeah yeah i always used to actually talk about that it's like i still had energy in like my i don't know which side's the creative side in the math but yeah i still had energy in one side because i was only using the other one (laughs) Yeah, but so it was like a dual degree engineering program. That's how I ended up going to Michigan. So oh, okay. I guess engineering is creative is what I would say. Cause I really do think it is. I think it kind of gets a bad rap because it's yeah. just like, engineer yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> it is, it is creative. Yeah, like anytime I'm doing coding or software, I, I'll say I had to be creative in order to graduate with my engineering degree. I think it, You had to get out yeah, of that yeah, headspace. I, I had to, not even that, I'd say like I had to, use creative tactics mm. in order to finish the schoolwork and like to, <laughs> to yeah like i would be like like okay here maybe if we like just do it like this <laughs> then it'll be done I, I don't know. so i don't know it, it was that's how i get yeah. through my data i'm like okay if i put everything i have to do today on a to-do list and then i just sit there yeah. and slowly click them yeah, off one thing my oh, yeah it's something about crossing off something off the to-do list yeah i use that a lot too little little bit of serotonin yeah. just I, yeah i should have i should have put this interview on there just so when i'm walking out i could be like, <laughs> be like yep, got oh, that one yeah. Yeah. oh my god so so atlanta sounds like it was a really good creative home for you yeah and it definitely was you kind of said before we were recording that you've kind of come back to atlanta several times yeah. mm-hmm. so you've kept roots there yeah i i think it's just like i have an aunt that lives there i have a cousin that lives there now oh, nice. and then like one of my like really good friends lives there so it's like I always have a place to go and then perfect it's kind of uh, i don't know it's the first place that i ever lived like on my own so in a way it feels like homey from that respect 
Yeah. And I feel like you do a lot of like self-discovery in those yeah. first couple years. Yeah. Living alone, living away from home, that kind of thing. Mm. Is your family, where's your family now? They're still in Dallas. So oh, okay. I nice. go back there, you know, holidays and like events, like graduations and stuff like Smallest that. Smallest world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I go back all the time. Yeah, maybe so. I'll see you on a flight. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Catch me on Southwest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So you're kind of booking and grooving in Atlanta. Are you working in a creative field at this time too? No. I don't think I've ever really worked in a creative field. Like I, for the day job? Yeah, kind of yeah. Life. I was yeah. just in school, and then I guess my second job was uh, outside of school was making music and That's just awesome. trying to figure out what we're going to do with it. So then you moved to New York mm -hmm. the very end of 2021. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, thank you. We're thank happy you. to have you. Yeah. And we were talking before we were recording. We met in July of 2022 yeah. at Ludlow House, mm -hmm. which was a cool, I mean, awesome to witness as someone who didn't know what I was coming into, but yeah. you were part of their mentorship program. Yeah. And debuted your most recent single and video, Superstar. What, speak to that. Like, how did you get connected with, with Ludlow House? When I first moved here, I wasn't really sure... Like, I knew I wanted to do, like, creative things, but mm -hmm. wasn't really sure what the first thing or whatever would be. So, I don't know. I had most recently done, like, modeling for the Inspired show. That, um, right. Yeah. And so, I was just, like, trying my hand at, like, going to modeling, castings, and different things like that. So, I would apply to a bunch of stuff, too. And then the program with Ludlow House was, like, something that I applied to, I guess. But nice. I didn't really know until they reached back out to me. Like, like what it's a yeah, big deal I, yeah cause like I don't know I, you know how like you'll apply to a bunch of things but you'll forget oh yeah yeah so that was what happened to me and then I don't know I was excited once I researched like the uh, research uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, once I researched the uh, Soho House thing and then I don't know I kind of was like uh, it just went from there I guess Ludlow House is a former factory in the Lower East Side that's run by Soho House Soho House is a membership club for artists it was founded in 1995 with a few rooms in a townhouse above a restaurant in London's Soho neighborhood. The organization now runs hotels, studios, and restaurants around the world. The 16-week Soho House Mentorship Program was started in 2018 to connect young creatives from around New York City to established Soho House members. It's intended to foster connections, confidence, and experience and provide a route to success in whatever creative field mentees are pursuing. They now have mentees at their locations in London, Oxfordshire, Amsterdam, Toronto, Berlin, Los Angeles, Chicago, Mumbai, and Hong Kong as well. So I think that cross-generational mentorship is like super important mm. especially in the arts especially in new york mm. because it's like how the fuck did you make it yeah. like how are you still here <laughs> yeah. at 50 like yeah, doing your yeah. thing also being successful like having a family maybe or like mm. whatever it is so what was your experience with that who was your mentor and um so my mentor was someone named stephanie vargas and she was very nice she works in production she told me she'd done a bunch of productions on music videos in the 90s for like uh, all types of people oh wow Stephanie Vargas is a producer and director. She grew up in Connecticut and went down to University of Miami to study broadcast journalism before moving to New York. She worked her way up through the industry and has now worked on movies, documentaries, music videos, and commercials for companies such as John Deere, ExxonMobil, Cleveland Clinic, and Intel. She produced her first feature film, Definite Maybe, at only 24 years old. She says her biggest joy is teaching people how to produce and then connecting them to careers within the industry. 
it was nice because like i don't know production was interesting because like we were talking about yeah. before it's like almost the organization of a lot of things and stuff and that's kind of what more of like for example shooting the video or like getting the song together yeah I feel like i was doing more coordinating than actually like the creative stuff <laughs> so it was yeah it was nice to get to know like how she does it she gave me like outlines of like spreadsheets and stuff Oh, nice. And so... So she kind of was, like, lending you help in terms of, like, the organizational parts of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. And, and then she helped get me into a mixing and mastering session with a engineer at The Orchard, which is, like, some part of Sony. Oh, so I wow. went in this, like, big studio, and it was, like, I don't know, a bunch of speakers and bells and whistles. Oh, and this shit. guy, he mastered my song in, like, an hour. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, it was... That's awesome. Yeah, it was a pretty cool experience to get to, like, sit there and just hear the song transform into, like, its final version. Wow. Did you come in with like a lot of ideas that were able to be actualized because of this like nicer space? Well, I guess it was like the song already sounded how it was going to sound. It Mm -hmm. just like, I don't think he really did anything creatively towards it. He just made it sound very nice. He he just elevated the like production value of it. Yeah. How cool. This is like something you actually spoke to a little bit that I want to quote in your questionnaire you spoke to i always ask about creative and career goals Mm. and you said meet cool people make cool things create connections between other creatives expose friends and family to creative resources and opportunities and Mm. i love that the last one yeah i mean i love the whole thing because i feel like (laughs) meeting cool people and making cool things is like what i want to do every Mm -hmm. day yeah yeah definitely (laughs) literally don't want to work that's why a podcast is good for that yeah yeah exactly just sit and like talk to people and like really i mean me and you never probably would have sat down and yeah. I know like where you lived your yeah, whole life exactly. you know without like this yeah. kind of uh, context I guess speak to that last point a little bit if you will expose friends and families to creative resources and opportunities I guess I would say like coming from Ohio like I didn't really know what was in the world or what was available yeah and so as I've moved around I've seen like people just like almost know these things they have like their version of golf might be like something creative like right it's like oh yeah I'm on movie sets all the time because I don't know if my uncle does this or that. Yeah. And so I kind of just want to be almost that person for like my siblings because some of them are into creative things. My brother, he's like really big into photography right now. That's awesome. Um, shout out to Joshua. Um, oh, but yeah. hi Joshua. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's, I guess like just being that and allowing them to, you know, flourish more and like my struggles are almost aren't for nothing, you know? Like, because while I like New York and stuff, I will think of it as, like, me almost making a sacrifice so that that way I can, like, broaden my network and things, you know, because my family, they live in Dallas. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm away from them. So that's the sacrifice part, I guess. I definitely feel that. I definitely feel that, especially as my parents get older Mm. and not being with them all the time. It is a huge sacrifice not being with them. But also, like... I know that I couldn't do, and I think maybe this is what you're speaking to as well. I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do in Dallas necessarily. Not shitting on Dallas. I love it as a home, uh, as a home base to go back to, but like being able to be out here and kind of push those boundaries like you're talking about and create connections. I think that's really admirable. Uh, Do your siblings, any of them have like inclinations to move out here? Joshua told me he doesn't like New York. Uh, (laughs) He, I don't know. He's really like all my siblings kind of grew up more so in Texas. Gotcha. Like uh, when we moved there, I think I was in seventh grade, but all my siblings other than that were in elementary school. Oh, okay. So So that was really as their home. And like, I don't know, I guess uh, a lot of people from Texas like seem to really like Texas. I always call Texans 
Boston's the New Yorkers of the South. Yeah. Because it's like that big state pride. Yeah. You know, especially in Dallas, you have like the, the state fair and all those kind of yeah. things. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not for everyone. My brother also, he's younger than me and grew up in Dallas and he lives in LA now. Oh, that really? more fits. So like, yeah. we're just the bi yeah. kids, yeah. you know? Which, <laughs> that's a good spot too. It's, that's great. Yeah. Like he can come here and visit. I can go there and visit, you know, mm. that kind of thing. But interesting. Yeah. I mean, I really see like, so one of your goals is kind of be able to be able to put that hand back yeah. and pull people up. Yeah. Cause it's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what people are actually going to end up doing. Like, right. I don't even know what I'm going to end up doing, but Same. it's like, <laughs> I guess if I can at least be of use to like my younger siblings or just friends, mm-hmm. then I'll feel like I've fulfilled like my purpose in a sense. I think something that I've really seen that I have an issue with is gatekeeping. Mm, gatekeeping yeah. spaces, information, yeah. anything like that. It's just fucking out. Yeah. If, in my opinion, yeah. it is out. Yeah, a lot of people do that. <laughs> and it's wild to me because it's like, we all, we see it. Yeah. We see it, we mm. recognize it, and we're not doing it anymore. Mm. So that's really awesome. I really love that. So in terms of New York, what is your creative community starting to look like here? I know mm. you were saying you've like been able to reconnect with some people. So my friends are kind of like a mixture of people I know from Michigan and then I guess Atlanta a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then also one of my friends that I've done a lot of creative work with here he's actually from dallas oh nice but when i moved out of dallas he moved to europe and he was in barcelona i think and then ended up going to college in london you know and he came back completely different you know like i don't know drinking coffee (laughs) calling beer lager and stuff like that i don't know you know and so i don't know he gave me like he lost his yeehaw yeah yeah he lost his yeehaw (laughs) he's been a big part of like i guess my creative vision just because it's like he's exposed me to a lot of european like things that they do over there like a lot of like i don't know central sea and like skepta mm. music and stuff so that's actually what superstar sort of sounds like is like a london vibe type of song in my head it's so yeah. interesting i was showing my boyfriend earlier i was like this is who i'm interviewing and i thought that yeah oh that's so cool yeah yeah i also was like this feels very new york right now yeah too. that too because i feel like there is like there's crossover yeah. obviously yeah because one of the producers well two of the producers on it one is from barcelona and then the other one he's from detroit but he lives here oh cool so like he has the new york influence yeah you know because he's been here for about like five years oh I think. yeah so yeah. definitely like hearing that i feel like yeah. it, it could go international i can yeah. see that yeah i could see that yeah. for you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome um so it sounds like you have a good crew and a good support network yeah 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 definitely i think i don't know i only end up surrounding myself really around people who like are interested in similar things mm-hmm. so it just kind of like naturally flows that way like i said i like to meet cool people but then it's like become friends with them and then like make cool things yeah based off of whatever we're feeling or into at that moment so yeah it was interesting when because we met at ludlow house through the mentorship program Mm -hmm. and my buddy who brought me he was like you need to like meet people like these kids are fucking doing it yeah which is awesome (laughs) yeah and i agree everyone was everyone's projects were very different everyone was really cool everyone was very like have the finger on the pulse kind of thing yeah. is what I felt. And I've had several people ask me like, who do you interview? And I was like, straight vibes. Yeah. I was like, I fucking like this guy. <laughs> I like your work. Let's speak a little bit to Superstar itself, which mm-hmm. is kind of my first creative introduction to you. And I think to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. That place was packed. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. It was hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Stephanie's your mentor, helped you with kind of the like organization, but what was the creative inspiration behind Superstar? Like, so like I said, I didn't really know that that was going to 
happen like the soho house thing mm -hmm. so and then when i got it i didn't even know i was gonna make a music video but then as time like winded down i was like well that's what i know how to do so yeah. i just did that so it almost felt a little forced making it just mm. because like i was like all right now i have to make a song and i remember like for like two weeks i was just like i would always like try to write a song but i never really tried it kind of just you know, yeah i would just like hear maybe a instrumental or something and then i'd be like oh I could say this on this, but mm -hmm. I was like purposefully trying. So, I don't know. I guess it just was the first time that I had to force myself to do it. But I think in a sense it was pretty good because I ended up learning a lot from right. the forcibly like making myself like pushing myself outside of my comfort zone, I guess I'd say. I do think it's hard. And I've talked about this a little bit about having to be the creative force in your own life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I literally rather sit down and die. Yeah. Like sometimes that's where the to do list comes yeah, in. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, it's like I much more prefer it like when it's just like you just having fun. Yeah. Versus for like, sure. For yeah. sure. But I mean, I, th I think it's good. Like it's a good discipline to be able to say, yeah. like, I know I can sit down and write to a deadline. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. And so the music video itself, who was it shot by? It was shot by my friend Diego. I don't know if I said his name earlier. No, yeah. no. I think we talked about him a little bit because yeah, you're also London. in the film that he's yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Directed. That's yeah. coming out later this year. Yeah. So you guys have a good creative yeah uh, synergy. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. So he's like I said, he's who I do a lot of stuff with. So whenever I said that I wanted to make the video, he was in the studio when I was making the song and stuff. But then also like that was so he could get the vision for the video mm. and we could kind of like come up with that together. And then I know a good amount about cameras, but he's like really into film. So he introduced me to Super 8. I was going to say then, the Super 8 vibe is yeah. on point. Yeah. And it was cool to get to like shoot it on there. And it was like almost like another like pressure thing that like makes diamonds because it was like we only got to shoot each thing one time and we couldn't see what it was. So <laughs> it was just like I had to be like in the zone. Yeah. yeah. Like and so it was just like almost out of body in the sense of I didn't even consider a malfunction I guess in my performance on the camera that's awesome yeah. I feel like yeah you just have to kind of like go with it and yeah. also I mean there is that nice thing of having to go with something and just say that's it yeah you know like nobody else knew what you had yeah. envisioned and i feel like that stops me sometimes it's going yeah. oh well the vision like doing like, too many things too many things yeah, yeah exactly it's and like just, working with what you have kind yeah. Of. yeah and just going with it and saying nobody else knows what this was supposed to quote unquote look like so yeah. this is what it's gonna look like yeah exactly i love that yeah i shoot on just a little pentax just mm. film and i really love that i will start a roll of film and then months later finish it and not even remember what's on the top and then it's like going through like a snapchat memories or something yeah. but like physical <laughs> yeah because yeah, yeah you're like what is this yeah. so, so this is kind of a new question that i'm wanting to ask more people and you're the you're the guinea pig so. okay cool, cool. <laughs> what are your favorite things about being an artist um like they, maybe even just day to day i guess it's like cool because you think of it like a journal in a sense mm. and like my journal entries are not just like a paragraph or something it's like this whole mood almost or an experience that i created especially with music videos but also with music in itself and it like really shows my trajectory as like a human so Love it's like that. if i listen to the music i made when i was living in atlanta it's like way different than the music i'm making like five years later mm. in new york and i can almost see myself and what i was like by just like listening to it it's like a live journal yeah <laughs> yeah. Those? Yeah, yeah yeah you get like a nice glimpse a nice 
snapshot of who yeah. you were. Yeah, in that time. I've been a journaler for my whole life, and sometimes, oh my god, it's so fucking cringe. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I go back and I'm like, oh no, yeah. girl, those problems are not problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. It, it, it's almost like, I, I think I do that mentally with just like what my real focus was at mm-hmm. the time. But yeah, I've never actually journaled, journaled. I kind of want to, though, at some point. I mean, I like it, but it sounds like maybe, I mean, it sounds like this is working for you. Yeah. And you can kind of get some of the same cathartic yeah, moments out of it. Yeah, it does definitely work. Uh, I'll say that. So that's kind of one of your favorite. What are things that you struggle with? Mm, creatively, I guess. So I heard this thing recently, and I feel like I thought it was kind of corny, but then I kind of started thinking about it more. <laughs> and I was like, I guess it's kind of true. But like, it's like this thing about art is war. And mm. it's like, I was like, oh, no, it's not. But then I was like, it is kind of because it's like you're always battling against yourself to make something better than you did the last time. Right. And it's like that. Better is so subjective sometimes. And it's like then you feel forced to do it some periods of time, maybe. So (laughs) then it's like I think that time helps that better subjectiveness because it's like you know more about yourself. So you're in a different space. So no two things sound the same, I guess. (laughs) So I don't know. That's the hardest part. It's just like battling like the space between things and like just being able to come up with something new once like you created this thing and you're like this is it this is perfect then it's like once it's done you gotta start over again mm-hmm. oh. rebuilding yeah. kind of mm-hmm. that can be really hard on your psyche yeah. sometimes yeah I think so again it's like I guess the journal thing it's worth it to yeah. see those progressions in your self development yeah and then yeah. in a sense you find ways to deal with it I guess better yeah no yeah I do I mean I know like for me even just moving to New York the amount of like patience I've gathered living here Mm -hmm. and just I don't take anything personally yeah like there's just no time for it yeah you know and I things just move so fast here things move so fast and nothing is about you yeah (laughs) you know and that's fine everybody's got their own place they're headed yeah like we were saying earlier that kind of like loneliness and togetherness it's it's nothing's about you somebody's having a bad day and they're Mm. gonna go do their own thing can you speak to kind of your other sides of creativity with acting modeling do you do photography as well so I started getting into cameras with sports like my parents always had like super nice cameras for that and then i would use them sometimes like they'd have multiple at like one of my siblings games they'd be like all right you shoot on this we're gonna shoot on this (laughs) and then you know you just get handed a camera so like (laughs) and then like i would get hand-me-down cameras from that and then i'd take pictures of my friends and then i started getting more specific with it like whenever i started shooting film i started developing film by myself And then like, I don't know, just through that, I just naturally started learning about cameras. I'd say it wasn't really... It was more just like through life. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So, and you just got back from Atlanta after producing and co-directing a photo shoot with Nas Hillman of the Atlanta Dream. Tell us a little bit about that. So, Nas is actually my cousin. Oh, shit! Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Nas Hillman played basketball for Michigan's team, the Wolverines, before going to the Atlanta Dream. She was an All-American as a junior and a senior and holds multiple program records, including career rebounds and points in a game. She scored 50 points in a game against Ohio State her junior year, which put her in third for most points in a game in Division I that season. The Wolverines made it to the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament for the first time while she played for them. She was drafted for the WNBA this year and was the first woman from Michigan to join the league since 2005, and only the seventh in the school's history. 
The Atlanta Dream didn't make it to the 18 playoffs this year, but at 14 to 22, they had their highest winning percentage since 2018. Nas broke the Dream's rookie rebound record with 172 from the season. That was the fifth highest of WNBA rookies this year. I mean, we met when we were younger, but she actually started at the University of Michigan at the same time as me. So my dad texted me. I was like, oh, your cousin Nas, she's at Michigan, and like sent me her phone number. Like, I guess that's how parents do things. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then we met up like and had lunch, and it was cool. And I don't know, we hung out a couple of times while we were at Michigan. Yeah, then when she ended up getting drafted to the Dream, I was like, oh, I'm in Atlanta a lot. Let's hang out. Yeah, and then I told her. Yeah, exactly. And so then I was going down there with my friend Diego, who was also a photographer. and So Diego's an Atlanta connection as well. No, he actually... That was his first time to Atlanta. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, he oh, nice. just came because I, I don't love know. Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta's great. I wanted to show him everything because, like, I was just like, yeah, this is where I was, like, after we were friends in high school. Mm-hmm. And so he came. I very make something out of whatever you do. So I was like, oh, while we're down there, we should just, like, try to do some photo shoots. For sure. I was like, oh, my cousin Nas is there. And, like, he's very into, like, painting type of photo shoots. Oh. That comes, like, body types and things like that. So I was just like, well, she's, like, basketball player. Yeah, so she's in incredible shape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, oh, we can. I asked her, and then she was down. And it was really cool because it was, like, a big cousin connection moment for me, like, to work with, like, I don't know, my cousin. And it was a fun time, I'd say. We did the That's shoot awesome. on my friend's roof of his house, actually, too. So it was pretty cool. We were looking at, like... Atlanta in the background it's a oh wow that's such an awesome connection I mean I do more and more when I think about travel I always think Mm. about like how can I make this also about art and creativity and connection and stuff like that so I definitely can very much relate to that that's so cool what a great connection I didn't realize y'all were cousins yeah yeah (laughs) how funny (laughs) so you kind of grew up together kind of not um reconnected as actually like I'd say more so reconnected as adults the only reference I have to prior to Michigan is a picture my dad showed me how funny of like me playing at her house or something as kids yeah yeah but like she's like a few years younger than me too so oh my gosh yeah probably just having the time of her life yeah i mean, I mean she she said amazing. it's pretty interesting to be in the WNBA. so i'm very proud of her shout, sure. shout out Nas. shout out yeah for sure oh my gosh i feel like playing women's basketball in atlanta would just be awesome yeah it, I, i've gone to actually a couple of her games here with the i don't know if it's brooklyn liberty or new york liberty but the Liberty, they play at Barclays Center. Oh, so wow. if you ever want to go to one of those games, you should definitely check it out. Oh, my gosh. They, the first one I went to with her, it was like an overtime. And like somebody hit a buzzer beater and all types of stuff. Oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah. This is so exciting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love sports in general. And my boyfriend's a soccer coach. So we've gone to several of the teams around here. And it's just so much fun. Yeah. They're so freaking good. Yeah. Like, even if they're not the like top, top, you yeah. know, whatever. They're so good. They're yeah. so fast. And then you just like get to see like almost like a superhuman like yeah. ability. Yeah. That's it. Not yeah. I. Yeah. Not, <laughs> no, my yeah. body is like, please stop. You're <laughs> so old. <laughs> <laughs> but you get to view it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Well, thank you so much for coming into the studio today. Yeah, I'm just no going to ask you our kind of thesis question for a little context back in 2020 when everything was going down and I was kind of going what does my future look like I came up with my thesis question for the first season which was what does joy look like in a community setting going forward Mm -hmm. thinking about 
kind of how can we reconnect? How can we stay connected? How can we bring resources to one another kind of as you spoke to? And then what really came out of that was people need support. People need financial support. People need people showing up. Mm. And so that was the inspiration for the second season, which was what methods of community support inspire you. And again, people said people who are creating opportunities, creating money, creating, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of went off the rails for this third season Mm -hmm. question because it's a lot broader. So feel free to like take your time. But the question itself is if true governmental and societal shifts could be made to how the world views art and artists, what does that look like to you? So it's like they view the artists differently because of the shifts? Yeah. So I think kind of what inspired it for me is governments would sponsor you'd have monarchies who would sponsor artists to create work and i just don't see that Uh. we're investing that kind of time and money into creating kind of these artistic legacies anymore because it's quote unquote like maybe not profitable we're Mm. in late stage capitalism you know all that kind of things Mm -hmm. so uh, that's kind of what inspired that question i guess i don't know in terms of my head i think that maybe they already make those shifts Mm. and it's like whatever makes the most money at least that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. what i think of because it's like you see like a lot of people who are like creative but then they're also like involved in like almost political things mm, so it's like so i don't know if that it's mainly money focused but i mean i'm sure like it is b- beneficial financially so so kind of cross-pollination of like art artists and political the world landscape. yeah because yeah. like i mean i think if we were to change it and like maybe make it more inclusive to more artists coming in and like almost there's no like wall there mm-hmm. so it's like almost like i guess you could say to an extent the people decide who is like uh, valued yeah valued mm-hmm. as an artist but i don't know i guess at the same time it's like who's put in front of your face the most so yeah i i definitely i can definitely see that so it'd probably be like i don't know something like i don't really know enough about this but my gut answer is like some extreme version of tiktok where it's like you're just like <laughs> randomized just art coming to you and because like i mean also people have really short attention spans so mm-hmm. like maybe if everything was like tiktok like even your news then like <laughs> sometimes my news is TikTok. Yeah. but then at the same, same time i guess tiktok is like tailored to your interests like based off what you like and stuff so i don't know yeah. I don't know how you could change it, really. I don't know either. I think my big thing is, and I know I've said this like every single episode, is I just want more money in yeah. my friends' pockets. Yeah, yeah, More yeah. money in, like, yeah. and if that was maybe valued more, if giving money to artists to just create beautiful things yeah. that preserve, like, our world now. Maybe, like, some sort of scholarships or something yeah. like that. I don't know if that already exists. I've seen that sort of for like certain things like photography or I guess like grant money or like mm-hmm. I, I'd say almost the best way to get for, to that is like just by randomly creating things that then maybe somebody one day will see and like <laughs> invest in you yeah. to do something specific. So just keep creating. Yeah, this kind of- I say like on the artist side, it really is just keep creating and keep trying to step outside your comfort zone and because mm. you never really know what will catch someone's eye if you do want like some financial gain from it because it's like I, I could make all these music videos but then one day I could just decide to make a commercial and then some <laughs> guy could just come up to me and be like your commercials are legendary I want you to make every commercial for me honestly for of- <laughs> I mean I could see the vibe of Superstar being like a Super Bowl commercial yeah like I- it would be like inspo oh. and then like you know building to like yeah. 
Acura. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or some Nike. sort of like beverage or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Drink smart water. <laughs> yeah. And so like, that's like the thing. Like if somebody sees that, cause it's like art inspires like more creative thought from mm-hmm. other people. So it's like someone could see that and then just be like, have a whole other idea and want my help from it. So mm-hmm. really, I guess the best answer on the creative side is just to keep creating, keep and, creating and just create new things, whatever you're interested in, just go ahead and just make it happen. I need to take your advice. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. Well, no um, tell the people where to find you online. Um, or So my Instagram is your park angel. That's Y O U R you know because there's multiple yours so your park angel <laughs> and then everything else is like linked there Great. and so spotify yeah all those things. I, I actually don't have any music on spotify from park angel because oh, okay. i don't know i'm waiting for it until it feels right but i do have old music under the name christopher b if you can find it on chris b yeah yeah so if you can find that on spotify apple music then Awesome. have a listen and i'm sure your music video is linked everyone should check it out yeah my music video is linked in my instagram bio something i really liked about it is it feels very now yeah. and i think that you kind of hit on that yeah. um, really well so well part thank you so much for no being problem. here today no it was awesome to have you in the studio yeah. thank you oh thank you for having me is there like a little noise or something i can yeah. make like, yeah. like <laughs> bring, bring. <laughs> there we go yeah. Perfect. <laughs> AP Studio Files. AP Studio Files can be found on all streaming platforms. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at AP Studio BK. Please give our Patreon a follow if you can. It helps us every single day. Stay tuned to our Instagram for upcoming parties. AP Studio Files is hosted by Miller Pike with technical production by Artie Kapischke, photography by Tucker W. Mitchell, and research by H. Conley with music by Fab the Duo.